Hello, I'm Lakita and welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast, where my partner Chloe and I talk about building and co-creating the future of work. We hope this podcast will be your weekly dose of support on all things work, leadership, and personal development as it relates to creating culture for you and your team. Because one of our principles is to be a guy, we look forward to providing space for our shared learning and exploration while trusting your personal experiences. After all, this is what co-creation is all about. So let's co-create together. All right. Welcome, everyone, once again to the Co-Create Work podcast. We are so excited to have you, and we're continuing our conversation this week around burnout, and we are so excited to be joined by our very first guest on the podcast of all time this week. Marie Schott. Marie is the Chief Executive Officer of Akimbo, and Akimbo is the creator of the Revolutionary All-MBA program. Welcome, Marie. Welcome. Hello. Thank you, Lakita. Thank you, Chloe. Yes. Excited to be on the Co-Create podcast. <laughs> so excited to have you here. Beautiful. All right. So Marie, as you know, we have been talking about the topic of burnout for a couple of weeks here. And so far, we have identified some of the non-traditional signs of burnout. We've talked about how leaders can think about burnout. And then, of course, how to think about burnout when you are thinking about your team. So we would love to ask you a few questions about any of your experience with burnout. I know we have had conversations in the past. I'm super honored to be your coach and work with you. And you're such a brilliant leader that we are excited for folks to be able to hear from you and how you think about this subject. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Let's do it. So it would be really interesting, just as a ground in, what signals did you have that you were approaching burnout? The signals I had when I was approaching burnout, the first is you are in denial about it. At least that was for me. You think of a hundred reasons that you are feeling the way you are and you're not able to produce as much as you want to be producing. And so for me, one of them was denial and thinking, oh, I'm fine. So not giving myself space to really check in and say, how am I feeling? So that denial and pretending that it's not really burnout and I'm not really as tired, you know, those feelings. And for me, I start to get disconnected from my work. So I start to get more negative, more cynical. I must be on the wrong path. I must be doing the wrong thing. And those are two signals that I've noticed are moments when I'm approaching burnout or something is out of balance for me. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Marie. And like one of the things we talked about is the purpose and impact and how important it is. And so if you are feeling any sort of disconnection from purpose, like, am I doing the work that I'm meant to do? This is definitely a signal that burnout is happening and that disconnection can cause you to accelerate feelings of burnout. So thank you for naming that. You're welcome. I also saw it show up in other things I know I love, other Mm -hmm. things that I know bring me energy and bring me satisfaction. We're not. And that was having to realize, oh, this is burnout. Yes. There's some burnout happening here. I don't even enjoy taking my dog for a walk. Yeah. Things things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And one of the other things we talked about was just the being connected to all aspects of your life, the other areas of your life. So burnout at work, it's not just burnout at work. It impacts other aspects of your life. And that can be a signal if you're feeling disconnected or you're not addressing those aspects too of burnout. It sounds like that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Yeah, it it is. 
<laughs> and Marie, I know you are always so deeply connected to yourself. I find you such a powerful and introspective leader. So I'm really curious from you, how long do you feel like it took you to kind of identify that something different was happening for you, even as you were being introspective and spending a lot of time thinking about this? One thing that really helped me name it as burnout was most of my other strategies for quick recovery mm-hmm. or, you know, quickly being able to get back to my equilibrium feeling were not working. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even when I would intentionally do a couple of them back to back or even take a whole day off, there wasn't recharge happening. There wasn't effective recovery. So for me, you know, I started reading books about athletic recovery, you know, I was trying to figure out what am I not doing recovery wise to be able to show up and keep up with this pace, keep up with what I'm bringing or trying to bring to the work that I'm doing. And it was burnout. It wasn't that I wasn't taking time to recover. It was, these are symptoms of a bigger thing that's going on, which is I've overdone it. (laughs) Like, Yeah. Yeah. And I remember in our work and and partnership, we really went down this path of sometimes these aren't traditional signs that I may be feeling burnout, right? Or there might not be traditional causes to why I'm feeling burnout, right? I'm not necessarily working 20 hours or, you know, I work 10 hours, but I like working 10 hours, right? These things can show up in different ways. From your perspective, what do you think the conversations that are being had now around burnout are getting wrong? What I think the conversations around burnout are getting wrong right now are there aren't enough conversations, one. Mm. (laughs) And Mm. the conversation is usually around how do you up your performance? How do you figure out how to do more? How do you figure out how to perform at a higher level? And so the conversation around burnout is it's not addressing burnout. Most of the solutions are around how do you just keep performing at a higher level? And that doesn't actually address the burnout. So a lot of the resources I was reading as I was reflecting and trying to sort out what was going on for me, I had to really figure out that, oh, it's counterintuitive. I need to be talking about how to manage my energy and rest. And I've been able to mostly just wing those two things in the past. And now I have to be more intentional about them. Otherwise, I'm going to try to keep performing at a higher and higher level. And that's not effective anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious how you recognize, I mean, you talked about the things that had worked in the past were no longer working. So what did start to work as you started to work through burnout? What started working for you? What started working for me was reframing the stories I was telling myself. So that's some of the work Lakita, you and I did of, okay, I need to not buy into this story about I can perform my way out of this. I need to be asking myself, what does intentional rest look like for me? So some of it was the story I was telling myself and choosing not to try to figure out how to perform more, you know, buy into that conversation and also having to really prioritize rest as a strategy rest as a strategy was a big shift for me. Yes, I love that. It would be great to hear like as you went through that process, have been working on this, where are you now? Where are you now with regards to burnout? Much more aligned with who I am and who I want to be. And I don't feel like I'm dragging around a giant bag of exhaustion. I felt for a while I was... (laughs) carrying a suitcase of exhaustion. So I was exhausted. And then here's this other thing I'm also pulling along with me that's filled with exhaustion as well. I'm not dragging that anymore. I feel more energized. I did quite a bit of boundaries work 
So I also have a lot more clarity in where I need to show up, how I need to show up and what I don't need to do and and how I don't want to show up. So doing that work and clarifying that really helped a lot too. So I'm feeling balanced and aligned and I'm much more in tune with when I start to get into where I've overdone it, where I'm performed too many days consecutively and then really building in a recovery day. So it's not even a rest day. It's this is intentional recovery because I just did the following three days and they looked like this. I love that distinction between rest and recovery. We're not always really intentional about how important recovery is. We think, oh, I'm going to take a day off. I'm going to rest. And that's not the same as recovery. I don't think I'm putting my words to you, but I would love to hear your thoughts on the difference between rest and recovery. What does recovery look like for you? Recovery is active and it's intentional. So if I have a recovery day, I might decide I am going to go for a hike in the state park and I'm going to leave my phone at home and I'm going to be there. I'm going to do that. A rest day might look like I took the day off from work and I did chores at my house. So I got rest from some things, but I didn't get any recovery time. So it's things I know will create renewal for myself that are more connected to recovery. And then Rest is, you know, when I show up at the end of the day, I don't go immediately into the next thing. I say, okay, I have 30 minutes. I'm going to relax here for 30 minutes and then I'm going to do my next thing. So that's kind of some of how the distinction has started to show up for me in terms of recovery and rest. I love that. And that idea of recovery is like pouring back into yourself and the things that are energizing to you outside of work. I think there's an interesting thing with burnout around stigma and like it's Mm -hmm. that it's bad. Like it's bad if you you burn out, like you're somehow a bad leader if you burn out. And it's like, no, the culture and the society we live in is trying to work us to burn out. And I think that realization for me that there is a invisible force here that is working to get me to overperform and get me to feel like I have to be working all the time and having enough clarity and boundaries now to say, yeah, I see that. And I know I'm going to do my best work if I'm doing the following things, which do not include taking on more projects than I can handle. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting tie back to what you were saying initially or all the literature is how do I recover so I can produce more because that's that stigma and shame coming is you should be able to get through this and be productive, et cetera, versus, oh, actually, this is an indicator that just things aren't working and it's not a personal flaw. It's what happens when we don't take care of all the things. Yes. It's realizing I'm not the problem. I am not going to be able to time track myself out of this. Yes. You know, I'm using my eight hour day very effectively. And the problem is not that I need to use it more effectively. There you go. A systemic change. Yes. (laughs) The system is set up that way and it's working against us. And we have to set goals to set up new systems in that. I think it's modeled in your leadership. Work in progress. You both, you both (laughs) help me hold on to imperfection way more than I do on my own in my own default setting. (laughs) So I appreciate that. When you can stay in a posture of imperfection, you can work on creating those new systems Yeah, because you can stay grounded in what you see and how you want to change things and how you want to show up. Absolutely. That's such a powerful difference. You mentioned earlier, Marie, about putting up boundaries and asking for support. What, from your perspective, is the role of team as a leader calling on your team 
asking for support from your team as you work through a period of burnout? I think modeling burnout has happened. So for me saying I am exhausted, I am burnout from this particular part of the business. I've been holding it, leading it for this long. Can you lead it for this amount of time? And I will really take a break from it. And once we get past that, we will come back together and figure out how we want to work on it together. So it's having the awareness to know you need a break from something and to ask someone else if they can lead it and say, I'm here, I'm available. I'd really like not to show up in these ways if that works for you. So negotiating and talking through with the other person where they are, what kind of capacity they have, and being aware and honest with, I want a break from this. And can you help me take a break from this? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I would just love to highlight one of the things we talked about is like, are you giving other folks the opportunity to help? Are you giving other folks the opportunity to support you or to grow in their own way or something that they're interested in. It's really important for us, like you said, Marie, to model this for our teams and to also think about how we might support others in their growth, development, and interest as well when we give space for folks to try something new. And building on that, I would love to hear what you have done with your team so that you felt like you could show up in that way. You could ask for help. That's a question I think a lot of leaders have. How do I create a culture where I can just be honest about something like this, be vulnerable, have my team show up for me? So I'd love to hear what you've done. For us, it's been a slow process. So it wasn't rushing it or immediately saying, Next week, we're going to be able to do this. We're going to be able to ask each other and not have to feel guilt. That whole questioning process that happens when you don't have that built into the culture. And now, you know, over time, you just start to practice it a little bit here and there. And I think there's invitations. So me asking, what kind of support do you need? Have you taken space for rest? How are you feeling? Those questions are common on our team now. They get asked a lot. And then we have a agreement as a team that we ask for what we need. And we also work with some really great partners, Hella Social Impact, and they have modeled that very well for us. So having models of what it looks like, and then having opportunities to practice it in small ways, and then having a statement like we ask for what we need as our aspirational guide, and then knowing that it will be imperfect all the time, every time. So doing our best to be aware enough that, hey, I'm approaching some tension with this, or I need a break from this, or I need some space from this, or I would really like someone else to come in and take part of this with me. Knowing all of that is okay, and we will figure it out together has been what has evolved on our team. And for us, it's the attitude of practice that it's changing all the time. I love the call out that it takes time. It wasn't just, we're going to change the culture and it's going to be like that. It was intentional. There's agreements in place to help develop that, the modeling, all of those pieces. So helpful to hear about what that looks like. To put a more specific time to that, it was a year for us. It took a year to build that trust and build that practice in. And thank you for naming that and sharing that, Marie. One of the questions we get a lot is, hey, when is culture work going to be over? 
<laughs> it's never <laughs> over, right? That it's a continuous process. It's continuous work, just like sales is, just like any other area of our business. And so to hear you name, like it took work for us to get that foundation in place, but that pays off in dividends in terms of what types of practices we have, the type of support we feel like we can get and have amongst our team. Absolutely. Beautiful. I would love to hear anything that surprised you as you went through this experience. Things that you can think about that maybe were standout moments for you, both as challenges and as really positive things. Negatives include it doesn't feel good. <laughs> it's not. Totally. Burnout is really missing joy. I really felt a period of not having connection, joy, and satisfaction. And that was a new experience for me because I have had a lot of projects and opportunities and I feel lucky and privileged in that where I felt those things. And so to have overperformed because I didn't have clear professional boundaries or I didn't have as strong of clear professional boundaries as I needed, I also didn't know I needed them until I got too far into overperforming that then I thought, oh, okay, something's not working here. What is it? So it was a lot of work to be in burnout because you're feeling negative feelings that are challenging and take a lot of energy. And you're working to figure out what's going on here. What's happening? You know, is it because I'm in the wrong role? Is it because I'm, you know, you're answering all of these questions when it's the conclusion was this is boundaries work. This is figuring out a better breakdown of where am I paying attention to, you know, just where am I showing up? So the positive is, that I do have much better clarity and strength in boundaries that allow me to be a more effective leader now. So it wasn't an enjoyable, fun at all experience to get that much exhaustion happening and you feel disconnected from who you want to be and how you want to show up professionally. And I now have clarity and boundaries and I can act on those and I'm a more effective leader. So that's the positive for me that came out of the process. I would like to be clear that I think there's other more effective, more enjoyable ways to do that. Yes. <laughs> and becoming burnout and having to deal with it that way. Yeah. Yeah. But it always circles back to leadership, right? And that there is a lesson in that. And it has such a positive impact on what we learned and now what we're able to model and teach others. I guess the other thing I'd say about burnout is not a one-time thing. And you do have to be intentional and keep up with your practices so that you don't end up there again. Yes. And I, I have to remind myself that weekly because I want to produce and I want to be a helpful, valuable leader. And that yes. means you can get going and go, you know, and so you have to watch your speedometer, you know, to like watch my vitals. Yeah. It could happen again. Yeah. I don't have immunity from burnout. Because yeah. of girl. None of us <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. And it's about like staying really mindful mm -hmm. and paying attention yes. to how you're yeah. feeling. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I ask my team now, when are you taking yeah. rest? When are you building in rest? That's a shift for me as a leader is I now ask everyone on my team about it. I love that. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's a practice, right? So we're building in intentional practices that will then help us to avoid running into burnout and hopefully not just avoid something, but come from a posture of more care and more intention. So as we're coming to a close here, we like to ask a closing question. We always end with thank you for your leadership. And so Marie, we would love to hear from you. What are the top three attributes of a great leader? 
top three attributes of a great leader? I would say one of them is openness. And I think openness is closely connected to curiosity. So curiosity and openness as attributes. I don't know what the word is for this. Actually, I think the word is supportive. And the way I think about it is not that a great leader is at the front having all the answers and figuring out everything and all the pieces and where we're going and all of that. A great leader is supportive and is looking around and saying, how are we getting there together? And is supporting the process of that. So that's another attribute of a great leader. And then it's the leader who can figure out this very difficult work of being a leader that's true to who you are as a leader. The word that gets talked about a lot is authentic. It's more practice-based than authenticity. So there's something there of a great leader is bringing themselves into the work of leading and it's not about them at the same time. So it's that interesting tension of I'm here being the leader only I can be. And it's not about me as the leader. And I don't know what the attribute is for that. <laughs> yeah. It's not a single word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a complex idea. So it's curiosity, supportive, and a description of what authenticity within the context of leadership might look like for folks. Yes. And I'll throw in one more, which is I think a great leader is always helping everyone around them lead as well. So it's this interconnected leading of because I'm leading, you're leading and because you're leading, I'm leading. So it's this real interconnected collaborative yeah. situation also. A great leader is not alone. Yeah, that's the way to say I that. I love that. I'm snapping. They aren't doing it by themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm snapping over here. So powerful. So Marie, we want to thank you so much for being here and would love for you to share where folks might find you and how they might connect with you. Thank you. The best place to follow me right now is altmba.com or the altmba Instagram. I'm going to be sharing more leadership stories there, both about my own experience and about the program and also about the organization that we're building and lessons that we've learned. So that's the space to follow us. And we're really focused on what does it look like to show up every day in practice and really writing about that and sharing about our experience doing that too. So altmba.com and altmba on all our social media platforms is the best place to find me talking about things. <laughs> Wonderful. And you'll find that in our show notes as well. And Marie, you are just one of the best leaders that I know. So thoughtful and so introspective and really modeling all the time what great leadership is. And so we would just love to thank you for your leadership. Thank you for having me. Thank you for this conversation. I appreciate the opportunity to reflect more on my experience with burnout and share what I can so others might notice if they're there too and if they're in that journey as well. I love that. <laughs> interconnected leadership. That's it, folks. <laughs> All right. Thank you, co-creators, for attending the Co-Create Work podcast. Thank you for tuning in. For any resources referenced during today's episode, you can find that information in our show notes at cocreatework.com slash podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at cocreatework. If you have any questions about this week's episode or transforming the future of work, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at cocreatework.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Co-Create Work podcast on your favorite platform. 